The Trump versus Biden town halls happened last night. C-SPAN suspends a debate moderator for lying about a Twitter hack. And if you're white, a University of Minnesota, you, I'm sorry, the University of Minnesota, they offer a lecture teaching 12-step AA-type programs to recover from being white. Oh. Yeah, we've got that much more. It's all coming up right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I'm Hillary Kennedy. I am filling in for Sarah Gonzalez while she is still on maternity leave. And today I am super pumped because I have two of the best in the house, mm -hmm. Mr. Stubergear, mm -hmm. host of Stu Does America. It's mm -hmm. a really good analysis, Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, I love your shirt. Thank you. You wore, you wore a great shirt for the roundtable mm -hmm. today. Andrew Cuomo is awful. Uh, available at andrewcuomoisawful.com. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mr. Pat Gray, host of Pat Gray Unleashed. You do you like my shirt too? Your it's, shirt is also, you it's are very, red and blue. And you're white. very prepared for fall. Yeah. Where do I, like I get it? it? Yeah. You're right on track. Uh, at a store. Okay. Near at me? a clothing store. Okay. Near you. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, well, you left your house? Yes. Hope you had your mask on. <laughs> yes, but this was a while ago. It was before the pandemic. So oh, okay. Not so only now. Okay. Now I don't believe. I mean, I'll miss. All right. So I know everybody's been talking all day about the town halls, whether they watched it or not. It's just on everybody's mind. And NBC's Savannah Guthrie, she got gushing reviews from leftists and some scorn from conservatives after being pretty visibly combative with President Trump during the town hall for President Thursday night. Let's take a look. I want to say two things. Number one, it's a very small amount of money. Number two, it's very straight. It's very, very straight. But it's a tiny percentage of the worth. Did you ever hear the expression underlevered? Yeah. I am extremely underlevered. Here's the thing. You could clear this up tonight by just releasing your tax returns yourself. I mean, I, that's what I'll, I understand. I think people are just wondering. As you know, you're I'm the only. It. it turned out that I am yes, underwrited. They IRS actually. Says excuse you me. Are. No, no. But you. The IRS me. says that doesn't stop but me from releasing. You accused me of not being underwrited it previously not and so did not. other people at NBC and I am under audit you so are. that was solved that's good I am under audit no person in their right mind would release prior to working out the deal with the IRS and I'll go a step further I'm treated very badly by the IRS they treat me very very badly you have people in there from previous administrations they treat me very badly but we're under audit all right so there was a pretty stark contrast by everyone's account between the way he was treated by Savannah Guthrie and by the way Joe Biden was treated by uh, George Stephanopoulos with ABC. No I won't hear of it. <laughs> That's a lie. That's an absolute lie. I, I think you'll agree we'll with have to me. Call you out. Like it was very We're gonna balanced. have to leave the show if you continue that. Uh, <laughs> well people were I think tuning in expecting to hear a lot of <clears throat> questions from other people during the town hall, but instead both of the moderators really spent about 20 minutes at the beginning asking their own questions and people felt like mm. Trump was debating Savannah Guthrie the entire time and yeah, Joe Biden much. was just having a pleasant conversation with Mr. Stephanopoulos. What did you guys think? Did you think that she was really giving him a lot of pushback because NBC had gotten so much just hate from people that they were even airing this town hall at all? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, you 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 watch this thing, and I I don't know. I would have preferred a debate uh, probably between them, um, especially because now you have town halls mm -hmm. on opposite channels where people who might vote for Trump are instead 
or, or maybe maybe they're watching Trump and they like they like Trump. I'd rather have more exposure for Joe Biden at this point. I mean, Trump is everywhere all the time. I don't know why you'd want to counter program so that people can't watch both. I mean, maybe one after the other on different networks. I don't know. Um, I do. I, you didn't even mention the star of the show, which, of course, was the lady behind Donald Trump nodding at everything he said. <laughs> um, I, they're like, this is, these are undecided voters. And literally everything he says, she's like, mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and at one point, she's like, well, you could just release your tax return. She's like, mm-mm. <laughs> that was great. Um, it, it, was, uh, it was a bizarre thing. I mean, I don't mind having Savannah Guthrie light up Trump with a bunch of questions. I don't mind it. I just want it to be fair so that Joe Biden gets those same questions. In fact, I would 100% deal with, uh, with that treatment from Savannah Guthrie if, if Biden, I would trade it right now to give Biden. I, I don't want an easy road for Trump. I want a difficult road for Biden because he never gets tough questions. Um, and here, Trump got all the tough questions and he handled them well. I thought he did actually mm-hmm. really well last night. He was Most re- of them. Yeah, he did. You know, I mean, he had, a cu- he had his couple of flubs, which kind of everybody does. And, you know, Trump has his moments. But overall, I thought it was one of his better performances. He's pretty good in that, that format. He's mm-hmm. good with, the, with, with people when they, when they ask questions. It, it's just that I think the disparity there is really the problem. Biden had time to answer. He was able to answer calmly. Uh, he, every question didn't have another pressing follow-up. or Because you, you can always call out these guys, right? If we were doing you know, these, these conversations, we would debate them the same way because that's what we do. Where a moderator is not supposed to be like that. You're supposed to be doing an interview. If you're going to do that type of um, sort of uh, constant intervention into the conversation... I'm okay with it. I just want it on the other side, too. Well, so did you think it was weird that Biden didn't get a single question about the New York Post story, about his son Hunter? I mean, there was no mention of it whatsoever. I'd use a different descriptor than weird. I thought it was despicable. <laughs> um, that's probably the one I'd go for. Uh, it, it's, but it's, it's predictable because mm-hmm. they, they just ignore all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't fit their agenda, they ignore it. And Savannah Guthrie was just in her natural state. They, she just hates Trump. And you could tell it pretty much every time she t- has a story about him. And you could really see it last night. And so the treatment, uh, at least I think people could see the disparity if you have any sort of open mind at all. You saw that, that Biden was treated with kit gloves and that it was extremely adversarial with Donald Trump. Yeah. I mean, and the questions, as you point out, are so ridiculous. I mean, first of all, he's got to denounce white supremacy again, again, for the five millionth time. We've yeah. all heard him do this. Everyone knows, even if he was a white supremacist, he would not get on stage and say he was a white supremacist. So why are we trying to get him to denounce the white supremacy? He's done it 25 times publicly. Right. Um, and then they ask him about the QAnon conspiracy theory. It's like. I, think I don't I even s- know what that was. Well, I know. I, do I you know what it is? So, I mean, uh, I've heard of it. I've yeah. seen a couple things they've said. I, I don't really know that much about QAnon. That's essentially what Donald Trump kept saying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't know how much he actually knows about it. My guess is he's running the country probably very little, right? Like, he has yeah. very little time for, for such things. Um, he probably is like, I don't want to, if these people are going to vote for me, I don't want to trash them. That may be true. I mean, that, that's about as far as I would think it would go. Um, you know, look. I think they did a poll. They had heard, they had something like 25% of Americans had ever heard of it before. And it's something like 5% of Americans knew something substantial about it. This is not an issue that no. needed to be not in, at all. In, in this moment. They give this spotlight. I guarantee you now, those two numbers I just quoted you are much higher 
today because people were like, what the heck is QAnon? I'm going to go search for it on the internet. And now some of them will fall down the same rabbit hole. There's no real reason to do this. They're just trying to make Trump look bad. And, you know, to start a, to start a town hall like this with 20 minutes of conversation about white supremacy and QAnon and all this nonsense, there's millions of people out of work. There's millions of people who are looking for recovery in the middle of this. Mm-hmm. We have uh, you know millions of people who have had coronavirus, including me, who bravely survived it. Uh, I would rather have have you know somebody talk about real issues that people care about. Um, but I guess you know Donald Trump isn't going to pick up any votes when he's talking about QAnon. So they might as well press him on QAnon if your goal is to get him out of office. But these are tiny little groups. Nobody knows, like you said, nobody knows them. Nobody's heard of them. They've got very little membership. I mean, I remember when Obama was in office and the Black Panthers were an issue because they were out saying things like, uh, we got to kill some cracker babies and all of that sort of stuff. And every time it came up, it was like, oh, please, the Black Panthers. Nope, there's hardly any of them. It's such a small little group, it doesn't really matter. They don't make any difference. Only one that's talking about them is you. Well, QAnon's probably smaller than the Black Panthers (laughs) ever were, and that's all they want to talk about. QAnon, Proud Boys. Uh, white supremacists. Where are these people? Right. I, I never see them. I never hear about Except them. Except when you look in a Ex- mirror, Pat. Right, that's the only time. <laughs> but that's the only time. Okay. Well, it wasn't all uh, It wasn't all tough moments for Trump. There was one kind of lighthearted moment. We've got a clip of that. Thank you. Good evening, Mr. President. Thank you, Thank you very much. I have to say, you have a great smile. Got you. <laughs> Thank and, you. So... Um, he does. You're so handsome when you smile. Oh, oh, golly. <laughs> Paulette. Uh, Paulette, it Paulette. said undecided leaning Biden. But, mm. I mean, I think his smile was winning her over. Wow. <laughs> wow. Now, so Biden also, he they were mainly softball questions. He did get asked um, about transgenderism and things like that. And so during a discussion, he did seem to suggest that a child should be able to change their gender if they decided that was something they wanted to do. And we have a clip of that. The idea that an eight-year-old child or a 10-year-old child decides, you know, I decided I want to be transgender. That's what I think I'd like to be. It may make my life a lot easier. Mm-hmm. There should be zero discrimination. And what's happening is too many transgender women of color are being murdered. They're being no, murdered. That's not true. <laughs> I mean, I think it's up to now 17. Don't I mean, hold too me many, to that number, yes, but it's, but it's, it's, it's not incre- a lot. It's, it's higher now. <laughs> yeah. And that's just this year. And so I promise you, there is no reason to suggest that there should be any right denied your daughter or daughters, whichever, one or two, one, one, your daughter, that your other daughter has a right to be and do. None, zero. You know the piles of dead transgender uh, women of color is uh, the piles of the bodies. Uh, they should probably be buried at some point. This country's um, totally fine. Because we've with, driven around them yeah. how many times? Oh, yeah. Just here in so Dallas. So many. Because it's and like... It's, is it 180,000 people per day? Per day. Per day. Per uh, murder. day have been uh, murdered. Um, <laughs> There's never any Native American uh, transgendered people um, piled up on the streets. It's no. only people of color. Right. Uh, very sad. Um, so this comes, he comes, this comes from a stat that he's butchering. There's, there is, there are high murder rates um, in some, some measures among um, transgender people generally and transgender people of color. Um, when you look at the actual 
numbers, it's because it's a small group. So, like, any murder is going to be very, uh, right. very, very high. I mean, because you're talking about transgender is a small percentage. Transgender people of color is a really small percentage of the population. Um, first of all, almost uh, all of them are prostitutes, usually, uh, and also prostitutes that may have told the person they were having sex with that they were the other gender until it started. And then it makes somebody mad. Then it makes somebody mad. It's not because they're like, I'm targeting mm-hmm. transgendered people today. It's, it's, uh, it's, mm-hmm. I'd have to pull out all the stats. The, the bottom line, though, is that you know, he's going after, um, and he, he doesn't quite say uh, that, um, you know, hey, this is totally fine. He says they should not be discriminated against. And, of course, all of us would say the exact same thing. They should not be discriminated against. Right. Um, but eight years old is a crazy, it's, it's crazy, right? Like an eight-year-old mm-hmm. cannot make decisions. I, I have an like eight-year-old. Like, no. it, like this is not something that eight-year-olds are capable of, of doing, nor should they be forced into doing it or able to do it on the, at this point. You go in, you look at the, the data, shows over and over again, people who are uh, transgendered at a younger age, they believe they're transgendered, um, and, they, and they don't have the surgery. They grow up later and don't want the surgery when they're able to get it because they, you know, you, actually, statistically, they wind up being gay, which is an odd thing is that, like, the left now is hmm. so woke, it's actually eliminating people who are gay in favor of transgendered people before they can even make uh, that realization <laughs> themselves. Yeah, the, the transgender movement has overcome the women's movement and the, uh, and the homosexual movement, really. because They've kind of, kind of been pushed aside, both of them, and we're more focused now on the even smaller group of human beings. It's really, it's amazing So bizarre. Well, they, they asked him, you know, how will you reverse this dangerous and discriminatory agenda and ensure the lives of LGBTQ people are protected? And he just said, I'll flat out change the law. Oh, that's mm. interesting. I didn't know so, he'd do that. I yeah. hope he changes it to uh, not eight, but five years old. I think at five years old, you can make the decision. Maybe younger, maybe two. What about five it, months? What about birth? What if you're, yeah. In five, utero. At, How about in utero? Uh, in <laughs> utero, you should be able to change your gender every day. And if we can't get, if as a country, come together to realize that, I, I don't then know what we can do. What it kind of country seems, are we? Seems really unfair. All right, so we're going to go to break. When we come back, we want to talk about uh, Democratic operatives. They're calling for a Dianne Feinstein to step down. Mm, Getting heated for her. I'm with them on this. (laughs) (laughs) All right. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Rough Greens. The dogs, they have spoken. Well, not literally, but it's pretty evident by the way they eat their food. Uh, When it's got Rough Greens on it, they're a happy bunch of dogs. Uh, Stu, I know you've mentioned Miles, your dog. Yes, yeah. Miles. Miles he's 115 it. years old, uh, but <laughs> and he's he, he was a black pug and is now grayish with a lot of white, particularly on his face. So has he changed his gender though? He has not. No, okay. but he has changed his color. It, he has changed his race uh, from black mm. to gray. <laughs> uh, he is uh, he is when he goes and kind of dives into uh, his food uh, with when he, when we have rough greens on it. You know, he comes out with a green beard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of Christmassy. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's the way I that, that's it. what all, They all need a green beard. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't know about Rough Greens, it isn't a dog food. It's actually a supplement that you put on your dog's food. And it contains all the nutrients that your dog needs, but that get cooked out of the, the kibble food when it's being made. The probiotics, the antioxidants, the vitamins, the minerals, the omega oils, those are just some of the things that your dog needs to lead a healthier lifestyle, and they're all the things that are in Rough Greens. So get the Rough Greens Jumpstart Bag today for just $14.95 and start the process of getting your dog healthier and happier. And if you want to see your dog thrive again, just go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's R-U-F-F greens.com slash blaze. We'll be right back. It was Nancy Pelosi, and now it's Dianne Feinstein. It seems like the Democrats are kind of turning on some of their own. 
So Senator Dianne Feinstein, she's facing calls to step down as a ranking member of the Senate Judiciary Committee after she enraged operatives from her own party with her performance on the panel, which ended with her praising Republican Chairman Lindsey Graham. This is what she said. She wow. said, I just want to thank you. This has been one of the best set of hearings I've participated in. And she added, thank you so much for your leadership. Then the two were seen embracing in a hug. <gasps> No. So she was immediately attacked by high-profile Democrats, many of whom declared it was time for her to pass the torch, give up her leadership position. She is 87 years old. They just felt like she went too soft this time. You know, after last time when she faced Amy Coney Barrett, people felt like she was too harsh with her. They felt like this time she was too soft. Is it wrong for her to have complimented Lindsey Graham? I mean, I, did, I, I thought this was actually kind of a nice unifying moment, but what do you guys think? Well, I do have a thing against complimenting Lindsey Graham. That's a separate <laughs> from this story completely. Um, but, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, is she too old? Is her day passed? I mean, she's got jet black hair still. Since she has no gray, I think that she's probably <laughs> still fine. Uh, it's, I mean, look, I, because of the moment, I think everyone expect, expected fireworks out of that hearing. That's actually how a hearing's kind of supposed to go. I mean, the Democrats were annoying at times, and the Republicans did not ask probing questions most of the time they're just like you know what you're a mother and you have children and you're wonderful <laughs> which she is by the way she seems great uh but like you know you're never going to get what those hearings are supposed to be right is you should be different they should be probing interesting questions of of merit and of of value and depth uh, you didn't get much of that, but it, they didn't blow up over each other. Nobody was accused of gang rape that I know of at all. And I, I think they were they no. did it the whole time without doing it, which was like, wow, I didn't know that was possible anymore. This was actually a kind of a good hearing, right? Like she was yeah. asked some questions. I thought that, you know, she she handled it easily. She swatted Amy Klobuchar away multiple times. Uh, she showed that she's ready for this, and uh, you know, hopefully, she's confirmed as quickly as possible. What about the probing question, though, that uh, Cory Booker asked? about whether or not she uh, likes white supremacists. I sure. thought that was really, and what really given her, <laughs> well, I got like two black children, so apparently I don't hate them as much as some people do. And as far as I understand, Cory Booker has no black children, so who, who's more right. open? Yeah, that's a good point. Right, I mean, it's just asinine that all of a sudden he feels compelled to ask about everybody who comes before a committee has to be asked about white supremacy. Yeah, and sexual assault, right? And now, sexual now, assault. Now, Maisie Hirono is quite possibly the dumbest Idiotic. person in all of government across mm -hmm. the world. Uh, had a couple of really dumb moments. You could tell she's just reading it. She came out, she did the sexual preference is now a bad word thing. Uh, she, asked, uh, she asked Amy Coney Barrett if she... <laughs> If she had ever been accused sexual of assault. sexual assault, <laughs> yeah. like, which is like, I don't, I mean, again, I guess I don't want to be sexist. I guess I mean, women could do it. It's 2020. Anything can uh, happen. Yeah, it could yeah. happen. <laughs> uh, but it, uh, unlikely. I'm going to say unlikely. Uh, you know, so again, for what the, what a hearing like that should be, it was bad. Compared to what I expected, it was really freaking good. I mean, I, they got mm -hmm. through it. It went simple. It was simple. She handled it easily. She um, gave them no reason no. to not confirm her. She should get more. I mean, it would be smart, honestly, if I were a Democrat and I was in the middle. I would seriously consider voting for her mm -hmm. um, because she's obviously qualified. This would be an ability for you to say, we came to your side on Amy Coney Barrett, even when you just tried to force it through before an election and you won't come up. Like they'd have a good argument there. If I, you know, if you're Joe Manchin, 
you should totally pull the trigger and vote for her. Uh, he voted for Kavanaugh, if I remember correctly. Um, so he could do that, but I, I mean, I, I don't expect it. No, because the days of 98 to, th- to 2, uh, was it 98 to 2, 96 to 3, something or like that Ruth with Bader Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who was radically left, mm-hmm. far, far left, and only three people voted against her. Those days are gone, though. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're not going to just vote to confirm people. They're going to play politics, and yeah. it's too bad. And I think, by the way, I think they should be gone. I don't think 98 to 3 should ever probably, or 98 to 3 definitely shouldn't happen, because that means there's some extra senator who's not supposed to be there is in the room, and that's going to... Right. If it's 98 to 3, that's a problem. <laughs> We've uh, packed the Senate, <laughs> and we don't want to do, do that. We don't want to do that. But if it's 96 to 3, like, I... <clears throat> like, I... Uh, if it's 77 to 22 or 77, 23, you know, I'll be OK with that. Yeah, like something like that, where you have some mm-hmm. people who are saying, OK, I'll go along with it because I wouldn't vote for these people that the Democrats are putting up no matter what. I don't care how nice their story is. I don't care how how, you know, how um, uh, competent they seem. If I get the sense that they are hardcore left wing people or that will not agree with the Constitution, you can't vote for them. Your Mm -hmm. job is to vote for someone you think is going to look at the Constitution and interpret it and realize the scope of their job, Mm -hmm. which is just doing that. It's not it's not it's not empathy. That's not part of your job as a Supreme Court justice. I'm sorry. There were actual senators who argued against originalism, though, during this hearing. That was kind of amazing. Amazing. Uh, But that's where we are now. I mean, the Constitution, they 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 dislike it. And they're they're pretty open about it yeah. now. Yeah. Ah, originalists, come on, we need to change that <laughs> things front to back. It's amazing. Well, I that I think that's why a lot of people are upset about this next story because Amy Coney Barrett, she's obviously highly accomplished. She went to Rhodes College. She was a member of all sorts of honor societies, but she was also a member of a sorority, Kappa Delta. Oh no, and. They put out a tweet saying, you know, Katie alumna Amy Coney Barrett was nominated to serve on the Supreme Court. They they tweeted this out on September 28th. While we do not take a stand on political appointments, we recognize Judge Coney Barrett's significant accomplishment. We acknowledge our members have a variety of views and a right to their own beliefs. <laughs> well, then they deleted it and issued an apology, essentially. Uh, they said our approach was disappointing and hurtful to many. We did not intend to enter a political debate or take a stand on the Supreme Court nomination, cause division among our sisters or alienate any of our members. Then they explained how the sorority will redouble its efforts to increase inclusivity and diversity and encourage members to speak out and said, thank you for holding us accountable. (laughs) Oh, God, I hate these statements. If I ever read another one of these damn statements, they're so intolerant. They're just, I can't take them. I cannot take them anymore. Um, You know, look, what it. You're talking about a woman on the Supreme Court. How many women have been on the Supreme Court? Not a ton. Right. right? That's inclusivity. This is, a, and it should be an exciting moment. Um, if they didn't endorse her views in any way, I know that would be terrible. God forbid if they did. I was listening to a podcast the other day with a liberal uh, who was who was saying the left understands diversity when it comes to race or sex, um, but they don't seem to understand it when it comes to thought. Uh, it's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, like if you had a, if you had a, a, you know, some left wing company and it was all white males, you know, <clears throat> everyone would be up in arms about it. But if it's all liberals that are so liberal that they can't even let normal liberals in the club anymore, that's totally fine. You know, you, yeah. like I mean, look, you're saying a, someone, this woman was in your little club, acknowledging that she achieved something great. Is there's nothing wrong with that? But the apology is, there is something wrong with that. It's pathetic. I agree.
It was actually really upsetting to me because I, I was part of the Greek system when I went to college and joined a sorority. And you kind of make a pledge to them to do your best. And they make a pledge to you to support you as part of their organization. And she's so accomplished. And I mm -hmm. don't care who you are. Like you said, I mean, she's one of a very small group of women to make it to this position. And to basically shame her for it because they had some of their other members who many of whom are feminists and said that this was uh, hurtful. They said they were embarrassed Wait, that she's asinine. in any way associated with our sisterhood. She doesn't stand for our values. And oh. that goes well beyond a half a century old decision. I, I, wow. A woman on the Supreme Court and feminists were mad about it. Amazing. That is a fascinating. And they weren't even agreeing with her. All they were doing was recognizing her. Her accomplishment, yes. Well, they did have a couple of members that did say, shame on you, cowards, and you're a bunch of spineless pieces of word, I won't say, for mm -hmm. issuing this apology. So they did have some pushback from people, but it, it's just, it's so disheartening to see that they mm -hmm. can't even recognize that, you know, by saying they're being inclusive, they're excluding a woman that, it's obviously done a lot for their and this organization. Is Notre Dame? I mean, that's where she uh, went, Rhodes right? Rhodes College. Mm -hmm. Oh, so this is a different... Is it Rhodes College Rhodes. at Notre Dame? It doesn't say. Uh, okay. Because, but, uh, but, I mean, I know she, she attended Notre Dame at some point. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she went to a uh, law school somewhere else, but... Um, I went to Clown College at McDonald's. <laughs> How was that? How did that was, work out you for know, you? <laughs> Did, so do you get to stay in the house? What's that? In the house? Do you get to stay? No, the, you do not stay in the house. You don't stay on premises. There's okay. a there's a really bad like Jerry Sandusky <laughs> thing going on. You want to stay away from the house. Okay. It's very dark. Well, we're really proud of your We just Thank want to you. publicly acknowledge. Yeah. Oh, I'm offended. You. I'm pissed off because I didn't go to clown college and I don't want to recognize. <laughs> Thank you, Pat. So, Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, so we've got to go to break. Uh, first, we want to thank our sponsor. So when is the perfect time to plant trees and shrubs? The big box store experts, they're going to tell you any time or they'll say, hmm, great question. But the best time to plant is actually fall, which means now is the time to go to fastgrowingtrees.com. So just skip the big box stores, head to fastgrowingtrees.com. They are the world's largest online nursery. So you have no more waiting in lines. Your car will be a mess. You're not digging through a, a lackluster selection. Just go to fastgrowingtrees.com. Choose from thousands of varieties of trees, shrubs, plants, expertly curated to thrive in your area and deliver to your door in one or two days. So whether you're looking for shade or privacy, fruit trees, or just some added color for your yard, every plant is shipped with a well-developed root system so you'll have some really nice growth come spring. So there's a better way to buy trees and shrubs and plants for your home and your yard. It's fastgrowingtrees.com. Fall is planting season. Don't let anybody tell you differently. Join over 1 million satisfied gardeners at fastgrowingtrees.com. Plus, the 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee means that your plants will arrive happy, healthy, and ready for planting. So now through November 15th, go to fastgrowingtrees.com news for 10% off. That's 10% off at fastgrowingtrees.com news. We'll be right back. C-SPAN political editor Steve Scully. He has been indefinitely suspended from the network for falsely claiming that his Twitter account had been hacked following a public interaction with Anthony Scaramucci on the social media website about President Donald Trump. So he was supposed to be the moderator of the since-canceled second Trump-Biden presidential debate. He did tell C-SPAN that he'd lied about the supposed hacking attempt on Wednesday evening and he said by not being immediate, I'm sorry, they said by not being immediately forthcoming to C-SPAN and the commission about his tweet, he understands he made a serious mistake. And they said they're very saddened by the news and don't condone his actions. 
He's saying his tweet to Scaramucci was sent out of frustration and he lied about its origins when he saw that it had created new controversy. He said these were both errors in judgment for which I'm totally responsible. I apologize. And then C-SPAN said during his 30 years, he's consistently demonstrated his fairness and professionalism as a journalist. He's built a reservoir of goodwill among those he's interviewed, fellow journalists, our viewers, and with us. But he has been placed on administrative leave and may return after some distance from this episode. What does this say about the moderators that they're choosing for these events? Do you think that this is going to change the way how the Commission on Presidential Debates chooses these moderators? <laughs> Probably not. No. Uh, I mean, it's amazing, though. I mean, conservatives make this case all the time that, hey, we're, you know, we're getting, there's a lot of bias here we're noticing. And then stuff like this happens, you know, where, mm -hmm. you know, this guy who's, you know, C-SPAN, he should, should be middle of the road, like a total journalist, and instead he's communicating offline with Anthony Scaramucci, who even if, I mean, this doesn't make any sense at all. Um, you know, remember last, in 2016, we had the questions being leaked to Hillary Clinton before the debate. Mm -hmm. We found that out. This happens mm -hmm. seemingly every single election cycle. And wasn't it Donna Brazil who Donna leaked Brazil. him? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Through CNN. Yeah. Uh, you know, this time, you know, Chris Wallace, who is the guy who is, is you know, supposedly going to be the guy who's most friendly to the Trump administration. He's from Fox mm -hmm. News, after all. You know, I, again, he seemed so much more against Trump than Biden. Uh, we saw it with the with the moderators the uh, last night on these town halls. It's you know, it's always going to be harder if you're a Republican. You can sit here and complain mm -hmm. about it all the time. You have to recognize the reality of the situation and do what you can to to fix it. It would be nice, you know. It would be nice if you had people um, who were. I mean, they don't have to be flame throwing talk show hosts, but people with a little bit of a partisan lean. That they're honest about, yeah. you know. I mean, I think remember they they'd had like Hugh Hewitt do one of those um, uh, during it was like it was mm. a primary debate. He was one of several, though, wasn't he? Yeah, he was one of yeah, several. Or, but, yeah, but like, three or four. You know, take someone who's kind of like a journalist, maybe kind of an opinion <clears throat> guy. Put them out there. They, uh, have them ask the Democrat questions. Have you, you have mm -hmm. someone on the left ask the Republican questions that aren't hateful and angry, but just sort of like you know probing and interesting. Well, uh, we, we talked about this a little about. bit on on uh, Glenn's radio show today. They don't even try anymore. No. They're not even trying. They've given up even trying to pretend that they're objective. I mean, it, they're just not. And we're just going to have to deal with that now, I guess, because that's the way it is. Way and be. nobody seems to care enough to do anything about it. Certainly, C-SPAN doesn't care enough to do anything about it. They're just they're going to let him off the hook. If that was somebody at Fox doing a similar thing to Joe Biden right now, they'd, they'd be drummed out of the business. Or Fox would be boycotted or, you know, you would all hell would break loose. Mm -hmm. But because it's C-SPAN and it's Steve Scully, mostly people don't even care. Well, Trump did. Yes. <laughs> of well, course. Yes. Um, he, he tweeted about it and said, I was right again. Steve Scully had just admitted he was lying about his Twitter being hacked. He said the debate was rigged. He was suspended from C-SPAN indefinitely. The Trump campaign was not treated fairly by the commission. Did I show good instincts and in being the first to know? <laughs> Got to be about him, obviously. Yeah. This whole thing is about how yeah. wonderful he is. Again, I, you know, look, the, the president does this thing with the tweets, but like <clears throat> it, there is a legitimate point here, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I tend to believe you want to get Joe Biden in front of as many crowds as possible uh, before this election. So anything he can agree to, uh, whether it's virtual or not, uh, get Donald Trump and Joe Biden in the same room. And when Joe Biden starts talking, 
don't talk. Right. Let him talk. Let him go. That's exactly why I thought he should have agreed to the virtual debate. Should have. I think so, too. I mean, should've. people were like, oh, he's not going to do a debate on Zoom. It's not going to be a debate on Zoom. They're going to be in separate network studios. Mm-hmm. People are, are used to having conversations over network connections. Certainly Donald Trump is, if anything. Um, and look, Donald Trump does well on television, usually. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would have been a problem. I mean, again, I think the, the focus... People are really familiar with Donald Trump at this point. You know, you can go have these these mm-hmm. uh, these these fireworks with Savannah Guthrie, and they're arguing about QAnon or whatever. It's not going to turn anyone off from Trump. It's not going to gain anybody to Trump. Trump is, is he's so set right now. I think with the American people, what we need, uh, if you are on the campaign, you got to be thinking, this is what we need: more time of Joe Biden, so we can get a bad moment from Joe Biden. We need more moments where mm-hmm. people can be like, wait a minute. I mean, I don't really like Trump, but this guy, we're going to put this guy. He can't even form words. This is scary. I don't think I want this guy in control of exactly. the government. And people aren't seeing that because the Democrats have been very smart. And have hidden him this entire campaign. The media, of course, has worked along with with them to make that happen. Got a couple weeks left. You got to get him in front of the American people. Somehow. What was it? Two days ago, he put a lid on the campaign yeah. at eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> before eight o'clock in the morning. Now, if Trump is doing that stuff, all hell breaks loose. But for some reason, Biden gets away with it, and he shouldn't. He shouldn't. You're what two and a half weeks away from the election, and you're putting the lid on any press uh, outings or interviews or any kind of campaign uh, goings on at eight in the morning. Well, didn't he do that right after the, the New York Post story broke? And he was like, oh, well, we're done for the yeah. day. We're not yeah. going to be answering any questions today. And, it, and then, of course, yep. he didn't get any sent his way during the town hall about that either. But he has done that quite a bit. Yes. I mean, it's like the most lids that's been put he on, has. you know, by yeah. any by any candidate. And look, this is exactly what they should be doing as a campaign. They should be putting a lid. Yeah, they should smart. just. It should be twelve oh one a.m. and they should be like <laughs> lid for the day. <laughs> Good luck, everybody. Come find us. And then they should they should stick him in, a, in a, inside of a mountain mm-hmm. until the until November <clears throat> in the election. They, no one will know where he is. He'll be in a hidden bunker underneath a mountain somewhere. And no one will be able to find him. That is their best path to victory. <laughs> and yeah. look, the, you know, look. Frankly, the less he talks, the better he, the better off he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And frankly, look, look, they're coming into this ahead, right? They don't need yeah. to win from here. They need to hold, or even just shed a little bit uh, of, a, of of their lead, and they'll still probably win. Now, you never know with polls. There's lots of things up in the air. But the less time you have people thinking about this, the better. If you're if you're Joe Biden, Donald Trump is the reverse. You got to get people thinking about Joe mm-hmm. Biden and what it actually will feel like when he's in the when the Oval Office, when you don't know if he's going to, uh, you know, launch nuclear weapons or eat Cocoa Krispies. <laughs> like he's 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 just out there, and you got to get may people to that. His pants uh, from time to time <laughs> right. as president. We, I don't think we want that, do we? No, we don't. I don't, I don't want it. No, I definitely don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got to go to break. When we come back, we want to talk about uh, a 12-step AA-type program that can help you overcome your whiteness oh, if you happen to be Finally. Finally. Caucasian. We'll talk Finally. about that when we come back. I hate white people. Oh, my God. They're the worst. <laughs> they're the worst. They're so white. They look like Casper, <laughs> yes, the friendly yes. ghost. I know it's like, true. I don't, I don't like, like them at all. You're feeling a little guilty about being white. The University of Minnesota wants to make you feel worse. Um, <laughs> their School of Social Work and Continuing Education series recently hosted what they call a special webinar series entitled Deconstructing and Decentralizing Whiteness in Practice, a three-part series. So therapist Christina Combs 
She created the program. She spent years of struggling to navigate the role and presence of whiteness in her personal, academic, and professional journeys. So she began the lecture by acknowledging that I'm on traditional Dakota land, a territory of Native American tribes that settled in Minnesota. And then she acknowledged George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and all the other lives stolen from families and communities and our mm. world due to pr police brutality and state-sanctioned violence. So then <laughs> she goes through this thing where she asks, you know, what comes to mind when you think of white supremacy, all of this. And then she gives her 12 steps. So I'll read you a couple of the steps and you tell me what you think. Thank okay. you. All right. Well, well, when you're done, will we be cured? Uh, well, she seems to think that it will help, but you okay. have to practice these steps on okay. a regular basis. But this you'll can't still just be like white, a one-day thing. So, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if you're going to be white for the rest of your life, if you decide that you haven't, if you don't have fluidity in your race. Oh, okay. So, mm -hmm. uh, step one, we admitted that we had been socially conditioned by the ideology of white supremacy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Big sure. time. Big step, time. Step oh, two, yeah. we came to believe that we could embrace our ignorance as an invitation to learn. Oh, that's nice. Step three, we developed support system to keep us engaged in this work. Wow. Uh, Powerful. You've got to be entirely ready to deconstruct previous ways of knowing as they've been developed through the lens of white supremacy. <laughs> I mean, it goes on and on. It's so a, forget everything you've learned. Right. Essentially. You have to engage in daily okay. practices of self-reflection on this, and you've got to share this message with your white brothers, sisters, siblings, in order to build a supportive recovery community. I, why do you think the attack continues on white people? Why has this become so popular to just pile on? Because it seems like if it was the other way around, if the roles were reversed, this would be incredibly racist. Oh, mm -hmm. oh yeah. It would be. And that's okay. because, so is this. Yeah. This is also very racist. That is what it is. It's the definition of racism, as all of this nonsense is. All of this supposed anti-racism and white uh, fragility <laughs> and all of these things that are out there right now, Ibram Kendi and Robin DiAngelo, these... This is racism. It's what it is. It is just it, racism against a different color for different reasons. Um, and this has been the problem. The, well, it's the, payback, right? Isn't that yeah, what it is? That's basically don't what they, they say. say so because of yeah. slavery. It, it's time for us to be on the other end of it. Yeah. I mean, you know, Ibram <clears throat> Kendi says that explicitly. I mean, he mm -hmm. says, uh, you know, the only, the only solution for past uh, discrimination is present discrimination. The only, uh, the only wow. solution for present discrimination is future discrimination. He's advocating wow. for discrimination. That is where we are. I mean, this is what causes California to take out of its state's constitution that you can't discriminate against people on the, on the color of their skin. Like that, they're saying that that's bad now because they do want to discriminate against the color of the skin if the color of the skin is white. Uh, you know, this uh, it's hard to imagine this taking a hold of our society as quickly as it is, but it is. I mean, it is yeah. spreading everywhere. It's all over the place. It's gone from this fringe intellectual movement, you know, no more than 10 years <clears throat> ago, really. And in the last five years has exploded into this uh, something that really seems to run not only institutions, but companies and, uh, you know, networks and everything else. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's insanity. And it's being pushed forward by self-loathing white people. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's been set up by the progressive movement, by shaming people and them buying into that shame and believing that they're responsible for every ill in society. Uh, I, I mean, again, if the shoe was on the other foot, if there, was, if there were black people who were shaming other black people and telling them that that 
they're bad and they're racist just based on the color of their skin, I don't think that goes over well. I mean, the easiest way to know if you're being racist with a statement is uh, change the color and say it out loud. Yeah. Right. And if you do, in fact, Hillary, why don't you read all those with just changing the color, please? Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) No, No, what? I don't. What? No, you wouldn't do that, right? Because you would be thrown off the air Mm -hmm. uh, and probably arrested. I don't know. I don't know what happened to you today. Um, If you're saying that white people are all bad, think about what that sounds like if you say it with another color. Everyone knows this is racist. This is just pure racism. And honestly, it's outward. They're saying it in these books. They're telling you, yes, we should discriminate on the basis of race. Why we've picked this one immutable characteristic over all of the other ones. We could say eye color. We could say hair color. We could say whatever height, weight, whatever Mm -hmm. we wanted. Um, We could all decide that those are really important parts of our character as well. Whiteness literally has nothing to do with my character. I don't care about it. I don't care about my, I mean, it's whatever. It is what it is. It is not part of my life in any way. And that's, I think, the way we were supposed to be striving for that. Now it's it's the enemy. And what happened to Oprah Winfrey? She used to be like, I mean, her books were like, Tuesdays with Maury. And, you know, let's go cook a a big thing of kale. (laughs) That was a good book. That was a good book. That was a good book. Let's go cook a big thing of kale. Oh, I love that. Outsold, I think, every book except the Bible. (laughs) And Harry Uh, Potter. And Harry Potter. One of the Harry Potters. Uh, I don't the other the six, yeah. I think it uh, it outsold. <laughs> um, but now she's like pushing forward this white fragility thing. Yep. I stop. What is going on? Well, you brought up a good point. You know, when you mentioned Oprah, it made me think back to some of the old talk shows like uh, Maury Povich and Jenny Jones and uh, who was it? Sally Jesse, the wore the glasses and Phil Donnie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of those old clips. Their big kind of salacious story was I hate my own race. They would have these guests on, and yeah. it was kind of. Not comical, that's not the right word, but it was overly dramatic. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now these are serious mm-hmm. conversations we're having in top universities. Incredible. And it's stuff that used to be fodder for Jerry Springer and Maury right. Povich. It's insanity. I mean, and it's, perme- it's permeated every single aspect of society at this yeah. point. I mean, you can't try watching an NBA game without getting a lecture from Ibram Kendi. You basically can't do it. Uh, that's where we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and that's that's pathetic it's it's pathetic in so many ways and the, the fact that people are you know like uh, it was uh, the black lives matter i believe co-founder just got to deal with like netflix what on earth does the black light why would wow. you what what did she have any <laughs> talent making films like no this is they're just buying a get out of jail free card for supposed racism and now they can't be accused of it right because they've given a million dollars to the black lives matter founder mm-hmm. but like this is what they're doing they're buying their 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 salvation this is not a healthy society. So we have to go to break, but I was just told that the content that that Black Lives Matter creator is doing for Netflix is content for children. Great so news! Great news for everybody. Good, good. <laughs> All right, we've got to go to break. We'll come back with our question of the day. Wow. Yeah. As I was saying, I hate white people. I right? don't like them. They're right? bad people. Right? All white people are bad. Yesterday, we wanted to know who is the most corrupt. Is it Joe Biden, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, or Donald Trump? 62% of you said Hillary Clinton. They make a a vast proclamation based on an internet poll. Mm -hmm. This, the thing you're looking at right now, this poll, is the reason Donald Trump is losing. I, I mean that seriously. The fact that this audience, 
two weeks before an election is still more pissed off at Hillary Clinton <laughs> than Joe Biden yeah. is legitimately yeah. the reason why Joe Biden is doing well. People don't hate him. They, they, yeah. they have more visceral passion against Hillary Clinton today. Well, the death list is about 430 people <laughs> long. Yeah. It might be that. I don't, be. I don't know. All right. So today's question. Did you watch any of the 2020 presidential town halls last night? If you did, Trump's, Biden's, both or neither? I have a feeling you both watched. I watched Trump. Okay. I, I wanted to watch Biden because I, what am I going to get out of Trump at this point? I mean, like, you know, he, he, we've seen this. Biden, I wanted to see if he'd really mess up. I watched a little bit of each, which is where I wound up landing. What did you do? Uh, I saw clips. I was giving my son a bath and <laughs> putting him <laughs> to oh, bed. You're living right life? Oh, wow. Parenthood. Wow. Why were you obsessed with white privilege? No. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, okay. Only white people are privileged <laughs> enough to give their children baths. <laughs> That's true. Wait. I live a very privileged life. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.